0: Slava, I Sersagus, Lava Navika, glory be to Jesus Christ, glory be forever. It's Father Basil again, doing another podcast. And again, reading from this book, Light for Light, Light for Life, Part 3, The Mystery Lived with God with Us Publications. And the title of this reading I'm gonna to do today is called Growing in Humility. As adolescents become more knowledgeable of the world around them, they inevitably become judgmental. Their knowledge of the best way to do things make them superior to their parents, teachers, and less experienced peers. Here, one often falls into the temptation of fanaticism. Since a person has learned intellectually the authentic meaning of form of some element, He insists on implementing it in his own life, that of his parish and that of fellow Christians. It would be similar to the situation of the overly enthused Boy Scout who insists on helping elderly people across the street whether they want to go across or not. In many cases, if undirected, the person can become a fundamentalist in mentality Intellectually well-informed and knowledgeable, but but blindly insufferably self-righteous and intolerant of lesser, sadly benighted Christians. Sound and regular spiritual direction is perhaps more essential at this stage than at any other. It is important at this point that people be provided with sound materials, resources, and instructions. Guidance is necessary lest in their intemperate zeal they become fixated on the forms, history, or abstract ideal, shape of the various elements of Christian life. The person must be guided to form a realistic synthesis, integrating all the elements and avoiding any lopsided fixation or orientation. Heresy has always been difficult to deal with, precisely because it is a choice of elements that are fundamentally true and good, but chosen out of context and separated from the whole of Christian life. Developing humility is an essential element at all stages, a never-ending task, but especially at this stage. And herein lies the difficulty Persons at this stage are learning a great deal and making noticeable strides at growth by leaps and bounds. They realize the importance of humility and strive seriously to attain it, then tend to be proud of their progress in it, or at least spend inordinate amounts of time measuring their progress in it or worrying about it all of which tends to make them more self-centred. Humility, self-abnegation, is the foundation of the spiritual life. There can be no genuine growth in God love without it. Christ insisted frequently that if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. What profit is there for one to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit himself? And our Eastern Christian tradition is most insistent on the same point. As Saint Hezekiah the priest expressed, there is no venom more poisonous than that of the Asp or Cobra, and there is no evil greater than that of self-love, Palatya. This sounds strange in contemporary life in which, as was mentioned earlier, great emphasis is placed on self-discovery, self-esteem, self-development, and modern spiritual books emphasize a positive spirituality, decrying an older negative approach. In fact, many modern authors accuse a search for humility of being excessively narcissistic and self-defeating. But what does this mean? Isn't the self-centered search for this counterproductive in that it focuses one's attention even more upon oneself? Jesus also said, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. This implies that we are commanded to love ourselves. True humility does not exclude a proper love of self. However, a proper love is the key. Because God loves us and our neighbors, we love them and ourselves based on and using that very love of God. When we grow in our ability to love others, and especially God, there are several stages through which we pass. I love me, I love you for me, I love you for love, I love you for you, and finally, I love me for you. Humility is to love all things and everyone in truth and in order, including oneself. It is also a love for the true self, as opposed to the false self. The false self is the one we have organized independent of a relationship with God and others. A caricature of what we can be and should be. It is precisely this which must be denied and done away with so that the true self can emerge. So, in terms of growing in humility and growing in our relationship with God, there are some things that we can do. The works of ministry. From the first days of the church, two distinctive areas of ministry were recognized. The work of the apostles was seen to be preaching and prayer. Caring for the physical needs of the community was handed over to the deacons. This distinction came to be the basis of describing the works of mercy in which all believers are called to participate. The corporal or physical works of mercy are aspects of the diaconal ministry, extending Christ's compassion to the needs of the world. That is, feeding the hungry, giving drink to the thirsty, sheltering the homeless, clothing the naked, visiting the sick, visiting the imprisoned and burying the dead. The spiritual works of mercy are aspects of the priestly ministry, extending Christ's desire that all be saved into our life. That is, admonishing the sinner, instructing the the ignorant, counseling the unsettled, comforting the sorrowful, bearing wrongs patiently, forgiving all injuries, and praying for the living and the dead. So, uh, growing in humility, this is what this topic was called today. And how do we grow in humility? We grow in humility by, you know, looking beyond our own needs, looking beyond our own selfishness, and looking at the needs of others. And this is what the works of mercy do. Are the works of ministry, you know, uh, the physical works of mercy, the corporal works, and the spiritual works. So we're always thinking about the other person. We're always thinking about beyond ourselves, but at the same time, we don't. We still love ourselves. We still, you know, we still are have that self-love that God gave to us because God gave make made us in his image and likeness God made us in a way that we are uh, we are part of God's kingdom forever okay and we he wants us to be part of that kingdom he wants us to be part of his um Heavenly kingdom so he made that as in his image and likeness that we un- we can understand who he is we can understand what that love of God means in this world we can understand what that love of neighbor means when we love ourselves we are loving what God has created on this earth. We are loving, you know, others as God loves us. So that's really what that self-love is. It's understanding that God is within us, God is present in us, and that we are uh, passing this love of God to each other. Okay? And that's how we can do it in the works of mercy, in the spiritual works of mercy, the corporal works of mercy. Always thinking of others before ourselves. God bless you. Have a good day.